So um, I'd like to begin instead of beginning in the usual way of me talking and you all listening. I'd like to begin uh, that we chant together the Buddha's words on loving kindness on page 23. These words need to be said today, the, the reminder of um, how we can guide our heart towards metta, and uh, however the world may be at any moment, um, that we that we generate loving kindness or metta for all the all the world, <coughs> the whole world. So let's chant again. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, Contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing. That the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none. Out 
outwards and down mountains, free from hatred and ill will, whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. I not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being free from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. So the Buddha is reminding us of our highest potential again and again, and uh, you know, not he's not um, denying the, uh, the struggle of, of of being a human being. You know how we get pulled off track, and he he know he he gives the most um, vivid imagery of you know of of how we get pulled into sense desire, into ill will, into confusion. <clears throat> so a uh, very clear understanding of, of the human mind and uh, you know how we get pulled around, what we get pulled into, and how deep those tendencies go in our, in our hearts and minds of uh, you know, desire, ill will and confusion that are deep. And yet, he's he's constantly pointing to what, you know, okay, so this is this is where maybe we're starting from, and and this is where we can go. This is uh, what the potential is, and and here's how you do it, little by little. So, we've already pointed to a number of things with the the hindrances. Very very helpful to just remember that those. Well, you know, those mind states that we take to be me and mine are simply hindrances that, are, that arise in the mind and are there for a while and, and pass and can be met. And uh, sometimes we get confused, you know, well, what should I be doing? What's the... Or, or maybe we feel like you know, I just feel like my, my, my practice has just been kind of the same for a long time and I just don't know what to do. So there are just very, very simple things if we remember, like asking the question around pretty much anything you want to do, think, say, do, asking the question, uh, is this beneficial? Does this lead to my benefit? Does it lead to the benefit of others? Does it lead to the benefit of both? So if it does, it's good. If it doesn't, you know, then then feeling the the, the push or the pull of it, and uh, you know, seeing well, what am I going to do with this? So if it, there's a strong impulse, 
a strong tendency of mind and, and we look at it and we see you know, is it, is it beneficial? no it's not is it wholesome? no it isn't is it leading to my welfare or the welfare of others? no it isn't then we can know for sure it's not something to put our energy into and sometimes we can't help it you know, even we know all that we can't help it and we get we get uh, pushed around by it. Uh, so then we, we have to limit the damage as much as we can. So sometimes we just have to, to keep it here, you know, to do, uh, to limit the damage as much as we can. And then feel the, 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 the repercussions of having followed that strong force. And maybe look, you know, at where does that come from? Is there a, a story somewhere? Is there an old history somewhere that that, that momentum of of, uh, of ill will or of or of um, greed or of harm comes from? And then, if there is, then we we go to that place and we draw on the resources we can and, and go into that place so that we can start to unravel the old conditioning. So, you know, most of us have, have, I guess, have not been raised by enlightened beings, you know. And uh, our parents have passed things on to us and their parents have passed things on to them and, and on it goes back in history. And then we'll have the, the cultural um, baggage that gets passed down. Some of it's very heavy, some of it's not so heavy. And so we, we inherit all of that as, as we grow in a, in a family, in a society. And, that, and those things that they go deep and they, they move us, they motivate us in our lives. And if we don't, uh, have, you know, without the Dharma, then we're just kind of slaves to that. We just follow it and then we pass it on to the next generation. But with the Dharma we have a chance to see more clearly. It's this, uh, for me, the, the, the most valuable, the most helpful teaching is the teaching on not-self. It's for me the most accessible. And not because it's an aloofness, the, the teaching on no-self isn't an aloofness of Oh well, you know, it's not me, it's not mine. It's not like a little mantra we chant, not me, not mine, not me, not mine, so that we don't have to feel or think or, or um, take responsibility. But it's more like because this is really a conditioning, this is conditioned, and this is, this is changing, this is not who and what I am, this is not the essence of my being. Because I know that, I can go there. I can go into those places when the conditions are, are right and and sit in the middle of the the dukkha of the of the challenge of the pushing and the pulling in order to um, in order to understand it more deeply where where that comes from and in order to just let it be there not always be um, Acting from that, that those those pushes and pulls that come through our conditioning. So.
So the, the teaching of Anatta, I think uh, many people are attracted to Buddhism because of that teaching where, you know, like the body is not self. Uh, feelings are not self and so on. And there's, um, <clears throat> there can be like the, the, a strong tendency to be in the mind. Uh, it's, it's, it's much more, it feels much safer to dwell in the intellect than it does to dwell in the body. The body holds all kinds of information that we might not want to know about. And it's also, it's kind of, you know, it does its thing. It's, it's messy, it's dirty. It's embarrassing sometimes. It does, it does what it does. We can't always keep it under control. <laughs> and so we kind of want to just move up, away from that into the intellect where we can keep it all nice, you know, and be impressive and feel good about ourselves. And, but the body and mind belong together. There are this, this amazing package we come in with. And the Buddha very clearly said, in a, well, he said, everything we need to know, everything we need for enlightenment is right here in this body. All the teachings we need are right here in this body. He didn't even say in this body and mind. I was thinking, surely it's body and mind. It's like, well, he actually says it's all here in this body. So the body is a, you know, is a, is a wonderful friend and teacher. Um, and this, this teaching on that the body is not self, it, it's not meant to make us aloof from the body, but to give us the courage to come right in, come right into the center of this experience of being embodied, of being born being here, to be able to come right into the center of that and, and know it and feel it and learn from it. And, uh, you know, to, to travel this path as a human being, this journey of life, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy journey. And in here, you know, we're in California, it's, it's like, it's about as good as it gets, I think, California. It's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> and yet, you know, even being a Californian or living in California, it's challenging, you know, to be a human being, to navigate life. The, uh, the losses and the, the hopes and the, the sorrows and the fears. It's, uh, and, and then just to, to have to survive as a human being. The, the, amount of, the amount it takes to you know, provide a roof over our head and enough food and clothing and be able to get from A to B, it's a lot. Medicine, not a big one. Yeah. So, you know, just to, just to be a human being, to live as a human being in this world, it's, it's, a, it's a vulnerable and, and challenging experience, I think. And, uh, and yet here we are, we're born into it, and we're, we're supported in the beginning, you know. And then at some point it's like, okay, off you go, find your way. And, uh, and it seems that the journey doesn't stop. It just, you know, however old we are, we're still on that journey of discovery and, and loss and learning. And uh, so, 
very grateful for the, the teachings that the Buddha passed on, you know, as to how to navigate this, this curious journey of life that we find ourselves in. And uh, pointing to, you know, cultivating qualities that we might not even think we, we can access or think that we have. You know, so when we think of ourselves as a person, it can be a very limited view. And uh, if I think back to when I was growing up with my siblings and my parents, and, and a bit of, grew up in a bit of an isolated place, so people's views, you know, the few people's views were very strong, you know, very impactful. So if I'd stayed in that, in that um, sense of who I was, as a, who I am as a person, from what I learned there, be very, very limited, very limited, and, and um, a bit miserable, to be honest. <laughs> And uh, and so the you know we, so we, we kind of have what we what we're told we are and what we're told we can be or what we're told we should be and then there's and then there's this kind of what the Buddha is pointing to is this almost boundless possibility so it's the the possibility of of, of being a source of of blessings really in the world. Certainly not something I considered. Even didn't even cross my mind, you know, before coming across the teachings. But uh, you know, he's pointing to how if we cultivate, if we if we come into and meet what is arising, and um, and use the the wisdom and discernment to see what do I do with this. So maybe what's arising is, is a very strong sense of, of uh, aloneness and separation. What do I do with this? <coughs> Meet it with compassion. Meet it with gentleness. Know that it's, it's arising now. It wasn't always like this. It hasn't always been like this. And it's changing. And so that just that knowing the Dharma, knowing the changing nature of things, gives us the ability to just to allow it to be there and then to, to draw on those wholesome qualities, compassion this is, how it, this is how it is sometimes to have been born in a separate body it can feel very alone sometimes it can feel scary sometimes that's, that's how it is but it isn't like that all the time it's just sometimes it feels like that and, and just as it felt, might feel like that here, it most likely feels like that in many, for many beings. And so that, that sense of empathy and uh, recognizing you know, that the human condition, it, it, just, it, like, it opens up the, the small story of self into something much more integrated. And uh, you know, every every new year is, for most people begins with celebrations and you know balloons and music and drink and laughter. 
and there's this sense of like yay, new year, yay, you know, and uh, and then you know then we then another year comes by with all with all of the things that a year brings, you know? and some of it's great, some of it's really hard, some of it's scary, and uh, so. It's like we, we celebrate beginnings, you know, we celebrate birth and, and we, we fear endings. Or endings can sometimes feel like a bit, it's like you're waiting for, waiting for the end, waiting for the end, you know, waiting for the next bit. So uh, in the Buddha's teaching, really, he's really pointing us to us to be with endings. Be with the beginnings, be with the endings, be with the whole thing. Be with the beauty, be with the sorrow, the ugliness, the the gain, the loss, the whole the whole gamut. You know, be with all of it. Bring it all into consciousness. Because uh, as a totality, it, it is a teaching. And uh, if we don't see the whole picture, then we do keep on again and again, like going after the nice bits and trying to forget the difficult bits. And, and hoping for something better next year, you know, it goes on like that, and, and that in a way is like the what's known as the wheel of samsara, the the constant turning of um, of the of, of wanting, reaching out, you know, getting, becoming, and then the aging of that, and the, the ending of that, and then the next thing. So it's like the constant uh, cycle of, of birth, aging and death that is going on all the time. And uh, you know, when we're always looking to the next thing and the next thing, then we're, we never get off that wheel. We're always uh, moving away from you know, the difficulty that happened just now or in our past and onto some nice, nice future something. So uh, how do we get off the wheel of samsara that, that they say is beginningless and endless, goes on and on. And it's really through, through sati, through presence, through opening to what is arising here and now. It's, it's always this. It's always through opening to this, here and now. And uh, it's hard to remember because it, you know, it's, it seems like you know, there's, we, and we can remember, you know, things, times when, oh yeah, there was that meditation that was really, really beautiful. And so that's what I want. Or, uh, or, I, or I met someone who was really inspiring and I want to be like that. And uh, it's okay, you know, it's okay to want these, these wholesome things. It's good, actually, in some ways, because it's, it can be like a guiding star but if we're if we're not with what is now, with it, and, and leaning into the future of what we want, then we never really get off the wheel. We just keep going around and around. So we can have that guiding star of of uh, how we would like to be. So, like the, when I read the Buddha's words on loving kindness, it's like it's a beautiful state that he's speaking about. And at moments, you know, or even longer than moments, I can touch into some of those qualities. 
and uh, and yeah, as a, as a as a complete um, you know, as a, as a complete state of being, it's not fully accessible to me at this point. There are things I can cultivate, things I can do, and things I can't. In that uh, description of a of a way of living with loving kindness, so um, so we can so that can be like a guiding star and, a, and an inspiration. And as we chanted it together, it really kind of lifted my heart. It's like, oh, great! We're, we're reminding ourselves together of this of these qualities, and it lifts me up. But then, if I'm just looking towards that, and I can't come back here. And look at what's actually going on in my heart right now, which may not be full of love. And you know, as a mother protects her only child, it may not be like that. If I can't come back and, and be with this, then I'm kind of stuck. So, uh, so we have these these beautiful, uh, inspiring examples of of the potential of a human being. And then we have where we're at. <laughs> some of it is inspiring and beautiful, and some of it is not very inspiring. Some of it's uh, we don't even want anyone to know about, maybe. Some of it uh, is confusing. Some of it we feel hopeless about, you know, all of those things can happen. And yet, we just meet it, we just have to meet ourselves where we are. And the more honestly um, and courageously we can do that, the more potential there is for transformation. The more possible it is for things to, to, to shift and change. And sometimes they can change drastically. Sometimes it just needs a little, a slight shift, just a little something dropping and, and a big change happens. You know, there are other things that we can just struggle away for years and wonder if we're getting anywhere. But still, that, that effort in itself is still really wholesome. We're cultivating wholesome qualities. And uh, we, we've mentioned the enlightenment factors, the Ice Institute mentioned, and those first three factors of enlightenment sati, mindfulness or awareness. Uh, Dhamma Vijaya, or uh, investigation of Dhammas, or even just understanding what is going on. That's this kind of basic bottom line, is like knowing what's going on here. And uh, Virya, which is like a, a sustained energy, staying with it, not giving up, keeping on going. Those three qualities, those three enlightenment factors, you know, they, they're what we need to bring to our experience, whatever our experience may be in any given moment. We bring those three qualities to what is going on here. And they start to transform the old habits into, uh, well, they give more space around it. And uh, the more space we have and the more understanding we have of what's going on, then the more possible it is for for the old uh, unwholesome tendencies to fall away. And sometimes, as I say, sometimes they just drop away and sometimes we just got to kind of wear away at them persistently for a long time. So, uh, 
you know, we're all working on this path, you know, until, you, until one is fully enlightened, they're still working at stuff, you know. So it's not, it's not a quick fix. And, uh, and we all have plenty of work to do, you know, none of us are short of things to work on. Even after years and years of practice, there's still plenty to be getting on with. And, and yet, uh, there's also, if we look back, so if that's like looking ahead, it's like looking at, ahead at the journey and seeing like, oh yeah, there's all these mountain ranges ahead of us. But we also need to look back and see where, where have we come from? Where did we begin and uh, how far have we come? Because if we don't look back, we, 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 we miss the work that we have done already. Which I would say, probably for everyone who's here, because you haven't... You're still here. You came and you, you stayed, and you're uh, you know you're, you're you're sitting with whatever it is that is arising you know, each day. That uh, that everyone here has come quite a ways. That you have quite a strength of practice. And sometimes when we're looking from the inside, you know, we just all we're seeing is the. Oh, the the um, vulnerability and the confusion and the ill will and the desire and we kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm just hopeless, you know. <laughs> but uh, what we're not seeing is what we're not what we're forgetting is that which is knowing all of that, that which is that which is sitting with that, that which is sitting, you know, the, the awareness. The awareness that is willing to stay present with that. You get it? Shall I go with the other one? Can I see that? So hard we have glasses. Uh, is that working? No. Is that working? Yes. All right. So uh, when we're when we're you know seeing what's going on inside all of that stuff then we, we're not really noticing that which is willing to be present with that stuff that's going on. So in order to uh, stay here on this retreat, unless you've dropped into a, a deep state of meditation through the whole time, which is wonderful if you have, you haven't been in my integral view group yet. <laughs> <laughs> then... Um, you know, there's there's um, there's a staying with. You know, you're not you're not running out the door. You're not nipping down the pub and having a quick drink and coming back again. You know, you're staying you're staying with. 
you're, you're letting that edge be there you're feeling it and there's you know in order to do that there's there's a certain level of awareness that's present so we tend to lock onto the object of of what's going on so we notice the the feelings the moods the thoughts and we don't so easily notice the awareness that is aware of those feelings moods and thoughts but uh, in order for you to still be here the awareness must be present so um It just takes a slight shift of attention to move from the object of mind to the mind that knows. And when you move into the mind that knows, when you allow your awareness to to lean back a little bit into the knowing, immediately there's more space. And immediately the, the sense of self the sense of me and these thoughts and me and these, you know, this story and me and I should be better than this by now and all of that is not so real. Because the awareness knows all of that. It's, it's seen it, it's heard it a million times. It's not phased by any of it. It's just uh-huh, knowing. Just like a mirror. You can see us, you know, when we just got up in the morning... It can see us, you know, when we're looking wonderful. It can it can see us when we've just had a terrible accident. It's 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 just a mirror. It's just it's just reflecting. So the awareness is similar to that. It's it just reflects. It just it just knows. It just sees what is arising. And then the wisdom. Um, the wisdom brings in the, the knowing of impermanence. So the wisdom knows how it is right now is not how it's always been. It's not... It's changing. And the wisdom knows it's not who and what I am. And the wisdom knows that you know, to attach to anything in this changing world is dukkha. So wisdom knows those qualities. So we need the awareness and the wisdom. If we're just aware, then we don't kind of navigate our way through through life. We just, you know, we're just aware, you know, unwholesome qualities, aware, oh, greedy, aware, want to get drunk, aware, you know, and we just we just sort of do it. We and then we end up following those things because there's not the wisdom present. So the wisdom understands we don't have to be pulled around by it all to the same degree. We don't have to be uh, pulled down by it because it's, it's changing, it's conditioned. It's not who and what I am. And then uh, the compassion, compassion and wisdom, but the compassion brings in those those other qualities, those heart qualities. It brings in uh, the patience, it brings in the, the kindness, it brings in the, the understanding of the human condition. 
It brings in the, the words of encouragement that it isn't going to be like this forever, that it hasn't been like this forever, that there is a way out, that it, that it does transform, that a lot has transformed already. That's uh, both wisdom and kindness. So we really need to, to um, listen. Those are the voices we need to listen to. The voices of wisdom and compassion, not the voices of criticism, hopelessness, blame. They're all the voices of the ego, of Mara. So we need to listen to the voices of compassion and wisdom. And to the, the voiceless, in a way, uh, quality of awareness that just just knows. So tonight is the last night of 2016 and I watched the sunset tonight. I watched the sunset and I realized I actually haven't watched many sunsets this year. It's been a busy year. And uh, made me feel like, mm, you know, I want to It'll take a little bit more time to be in, you know, to not just to be in nature, planning, doing, moving around, but to to be in nature and learn from nature. And uh, so, the last sunset of 2016, and all being well, there'll be a sunrise in the morning, and we'll get to see the the first sunrise of. 2017, and uh, you know, and we know that it's a convention. So, you know, in in some countries, in different, well, in some countries, it's already happened. Uh, midnight's already gone by, and then in some countries, New Year is celebrated at a different time of year. So it is just a convention, but it is a very valuable convention. It's a valuable um, reflection. To, to, to mark the ending of a year and the beginning of a new year. And uh, just to reflect on, you know, how has this year been spent? What have I done with this year? And what, what, are, what are the parts I feel good about, that I feel good about, that I've done or cultivated or been courageous about? And what are the places that I feel a bit, you know, disappointed or flat or even terrible about. And uh, just to look at, you know, look back over the year and just see how has it been navigated, how have I navigated through this year. Because there's another one coming, most likely. (laughs) And we don't want to just keep recreating the same thing again and again and again and again and again and again. So it's an opportunity, you know, to, to look back and assess, and uh, and maybe see any insights that may have arisen. That sometimes we're in, an insight arises and it's really clear, and we're like, oh, how did I miss that? And then three weeks later, we've forgotten, and we're just going back to business as usual. So you know, to to think back, you know, has there been any? Have there been any aha moments that have actually been really important that I've now just allowed to get lost under the, the 
you know, the habits. And, uh, and also like to suggest or encourage to draw on the strength of your ancestors. So we don't often talk about ancestors, but and you might look at your family and think, oh my goodness, you know. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> but um, just the fact that you're here, that your your lineage has, has come this you know, it's, it's, it's survived to this time. There's strength there. There's ingenuity there. There's there's perseverance. There's uh, maybe even stubbornness. You know, who knows what it is? There's, there's there are qualities that you can reap from your ancestors, the ones that you know, they're like nearby, you know, parents, grandparents, and 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 further back, maybe even uh, yeah, it could go generations back. You can go right back to the beginning of humanity. Mm-hmm. That there are strengths just in the, the, the fact that we are here today. There are strengths in our ancestral lineage that, that we can draw on. There are fruits that we can harvest. So uh, these are all things that we can reflect on this evening as we prepare for the the midnight uh, ceremony where we let go of our regrets or uh, of, of what we or, of, or it could be regrets or it can also be <coughs> habits or tendencies that we want to transform, that we, that we want to consciously make effort to transform and uh, to speak out our aspirations for the coming year so we, we try to Put the aspirations into like a word, one or two words. It's not, it's not a eulogy of aspirations. <laughs> but it's just really get it really succinct. And I also encourage you to write that word down in a, in a journal or in some book or in, your, in, a, some, or in, your, in something that you'll, you'll have access to through the year because we can forget. And then we, we slip back into that business as usual. So to, to you know, take these next hours, minutes, moments to, to really deeply reflect on you know, the strengths that we carry and that we want to cultivate and the, the places that are pulling us back and holding us back that we'd like to let go of. And to really also remember the, the potential that we have as a human being. To, you know, to really to be a blessing in the world. And we all have our different ways of doing it. So... Um, in about five minutes, there will be drinks in the kitchen, some warm, hot, spicy drinks, and the fire is burning in the in the merry 
pita room, is it? There's a beautiful fire burning in there, and that will be the fire that we drop our regrets into. But in the meantime, you can enjoy it and warm yourself by it. And, and use this time, you know, whether you want to walk or sit or, or just contemplate. But use this time to really reflect deeply. Because the more connected we are with what we want to let go of and what we want to cultivate, then the more um, profound or tangible the shift can be. If it's just like a flippant thought, it doesn't not going to do much. And uh, then we have uh, this really precious opportunity and, and to be here together. It feels very special, actually, to be here together and to collectively be, you know, we'd be dropping deeper, seeking within what, uh, what we want to let go of and what we want to cultivate. So uh, enjoy these next hours and uh, we'll meet again at 11 in here. There will be a bell at 10.50. So there'll be a, d- a bell at 10.50 and we'll meet in here at 11 uh, and we'll have some time of meditation together and then Santa Chita will lead us through a a little thanksgiving prayer and then we'll go through, go next door into the to stand by the fire um, and make sure you have your, your bit of paper by then and your word or two so the, so on the paper just to be really clear on the paper you write what you want to let go of because that's going to go into the fire and in your heart and mind you have the very succinct intention <laughs> for the year ahead which we will, which we will, uh, which we'll witness. So each person will speak it out, and we'll witness it together. All right. <laughs>